Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to be wrapping this up. And I am loving that like you guys have gotten three different voices on three different topics. So that makes me super excited. Um, I loved having Pastor Kurt here with us last week. Y'all love Pastor Kurt? Anybody listen to that? He was so great. Um, And honestly, he's just one of the kindest people I think I've ever met. He's so great. So I feel like, as I was preparing for this, I feel like um, this topic of anxiety is probably gonna be one that the most people in the room are going to kind of connect with. And I did a little bit of research and science would back that up because one in four people in America in 2019 have a diagnosable anxiety disorder. So that means 25% of people, if not more, in 2019 struggle with anxiety. And that was before a worldwide pandemic. That was before racial unrest. You know, that was before the last presidential election. It was before a dozen eggs cost $6 at the grocery store. Like there, that was before all of that. So I'm sure that it's intensified as the years have gone on. And then I hear stuff like in Philippians when it says, don't be anxious about anything. And in my mind, I'm like, anything? Like, don't be anxious about anything? Are you sure, God? Because that doesn't feel, oh, I'm gonna take my earring off. Man, just can't do it. Okay, there we go. Um, That doesn't feel possible because there's so much going on in the world. Because I don't know about you guys, but I know in my life there's financial stress. There's raising kids stress. There's relational stress. There's marriage stress sometimes, but not from Clint, only from me, because I'm the only one with the problem. He's perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. There's all of this stress, and I know that I'm not alone, because I have friends, and I talk with my friends, and I know that there are stuff that we are all dealing with, and sometimes it feels like, can you even overcome this? Here's a spoiler alert. You can. There is hope for it. There is hope, but before I get started, I'm going to do the same caveat that Pastor Keith gave last week. I am not a mental health professional, I am a pastor and I'm going to speak on the spiritual aspects of anxiety while recognizing there are very real, very physical parts that it's okay if you need to go seek out the help of a mental health professional. It's okay if you need to seek out the help of medication. All of these things are okay. This is, this is in addition to, and if you try this and you feel like, well, that's kind of taking the edge off, but it's not really doing it, go seek help. We have resources that we can show you. We can point you in some right directions. We're both on on medication to help with our brains. Like, there's no problem with that. It's not a lack of faith. So I want want to start that. I also realize that anxiety has a really wide spectrum. Like, for some of us, maybe it's a stress before a test. You know, like if you're a student, you might get a little stressed out. Or maybe it's stress before a presentation at work. Or maybe, like, you have that person in your phone, and they send you a text, and they're like, can I ask you a question? And you're like, oh my gosh, okay. And you finally get up like, yeah, what's up? And then you see the little dots. The little dots come up, right? And then they go away and then they come back. 
And then they go away. You're like, what are they typing? Are they typing me a book? And then they come up and then they just stay away. And you're like, what am I about to deal with? What am I going to have to say? Like, maybe it's that kind of anxiety. Or maybe it's on the other side of the spectrum and it can be debilitating. It can keep you stuck at home because you can't function the way that you want to function in the world. Or you wake up with panic attacks or your chest is tight and you don't know what's happening. Like there's a huge spectrum, but no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, where you are on it, there is hope. There's hope for you today. So we're going to talk all about overcoming anxiety and who better to learn about it from than Jesus himself. And you might hear me say that Jesus struggled with anxiety and be like, no, he didn't because he didn't sin. You're right and you're wrong. God, Jesus didn't sin. He did live a perfect life, but he did struggle with anxiety because anxiety isn't a sin. That might be the only word that somebody in the room needs to hear today. Anxiety is not a sin. It is a feeling. Fear is a feeling that God gave us for our safety. And Satan and the fall and sin have twisted it to become something that can cripple us from doing what God has called us to do. So anxiety isn't a sin and Jesus struggled with it. So we're gonna be in Mark chapter 14 today. This is where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and it's the night before he's crucified. He just got done with the Last Supper, with his, you know, his closest friends, knowing that one of his friends was leaving there to go turn him in, betray him, and start the, the series of events that would end him dying on a cross for our sins. This is where Jesus was and what he knew was about to happen. Um, and so you know what Jesus did that night? He did what our daughter does when she's really tired. He just talked. He <laughs> talked and he talked and he talked. And we are going to look at how talking helped him overcome anxiety that night. So the first thing that we can learn from Jesus in dealing with anxiety is that we have got to talk to our friends. We have to talk to our friends. When you're feeling overwhelmed, or you feel this weight on you, or you feel like you're not sure what's going to happen, it is so wise to find some spiritual, encouraging friends to talk to. And that's exactly what Jesus did in Mark 14. So he took his three best friends with him to the Garden of Gethsemane that night, and it says, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So Jesus invited his friends into this situation. He knew how he was feeling, and he didn't run away and isolate himself. He brought his three best friends with him to this place because he knew what was coming. The message actually says, uh, instead of he became deeply troubled and distressed, it says that he was sinking into a pit of suffocating darkness. So this is what Jesus was experiencing. And he invited his friends in, even though they had no idea what was about to happen. He knew, he knew. Jesus felt like he was suffocating because he was God in the flesh. He knew everything that was about to happen, that he was going to be wrongly accused he was going to be, he was gonna have his beard ripped out and his body crushed and hung up on a cross for our sins. And the worst part is that Jesus lived the perfect life, like I just said, and yet he became sin. He took on every sin, everything you can think of, every lustful thought, every lie, every time something's been stolen, every rape, every murder, all of these horrible, wicked things that we look at in our society and go, whoa, Jesus took that on and it meant that his father, his perfect father that had had relationship with him had to turn his back. And Jesus knew that he was walking up to this moment when the, the, his father, his God was gonna turn his back on him because he couldn't look at that sin. This is where Jesus was, and he was honest with his friends. 
I, uh, have you ever noticed that the least honest person is probably a Christian when you ask them how they're doing? <laughs> have y'all ever noticed that? Like, how are you doing? Oh, praise the Lord, I'm great. <laughs> Glory to God, I'm, I'm fine. Better than I deserve. <laughs> or even if it's just like, I'm good or it's going. Rarely when we are struggling and we are deep in this pit of despair, do we let people in yeah. to our lives? Yeah. It's, and that's, that's how... Satan has convinced us that we're alone. He's convinced us that we don't have anybody. And I think that's one of the greatest lies is that we don't have anybody to talk to. Yet Jesus was here with his friends being completely vulnerable, completely transparent, going, I don't know if I can survive this. And you know what? He wasn't asking his friends to fix it. Mm, he was, this isn't even my notes. This is from God. He wasn't asking his friends to fix it. He was asking them to just be there with him. So when people come to you and they're like, I'm struggling, I don't know what to do, don't feel like you have to fix it. Sometimes it's just creating a space for them to feel that and them knowing that they're not alone. Yeah, that's good. There you go. That was from God. That's not anywhere in my notes. <laughs> but we live in this anxiety sinkhole because we isolate ourselves from our friends. But that is a lie because look at all of these people in this room. These people care about you. And this is, more people care about you than just this, but if nobody else cared, me and Clint really care about right. you guys. <laughs> so there are people who care about you. And if you think like, ah, talking to my friends isn't really gonna work, let me tell you, it works and I know it. So you remember how we always say that when we teach on stuff, we get to go through it first? Like have y'all heard us say this? This is no exception. A couple of weeks ago, I woke up super anxious on a Sunday morning. I, I had a really tight chest. Um, I had... Not like butterflies, but like hornets in my belly, you know, like just going. My brain was racing. I was on edge. Um, and there was no reason. Like I wasn't anxious about anything specific. I was actually excited to wake up and go to church, but I had this physical anxiety on me. So you know what I did? I reached out to some friends and I sent them this text. And I want you to see that this is a real text I sent. I said, we always tell our church that when we teach on something, we get to learn about it first. Well, I'm teaching on anxiety at the end of the month. So this is my opportunity to put actions to my words, told them what was going on. And then I said, my first point in the message is you have to talk to your friends and let someone in. So this is me talking to my friends, letting them in. Will you join me in praying for this to go away? That's what your pastor sent a text two weeks ago. It was the first week of overcoming. And you know what? My friends were with me right then from all over the country. This is a group of ladies that I met, uh, the towel group. That's a whole backstory, but it's a group of ladies I met at the retreat I went to at the beginning of the month. And it's people I trust. And right after I texted that, I got text after text of prayers, of scripture, of them speaking truth over me. And that feeling went away. It lost the stronghold it had on me when people started speaking truth over it. So I want you to know that it works because there's a difference in in. Uh, there's a difference between like, if I had posted that on like social media, hey, I'm kind of struggling, will somebody pray for me? Like, I know that people would have done that, but reaching out to somebody specific to pray with me in that moment is so much stronger. And so that's my challenge. That's one of my challenges. Like, I want you guys, when you have that anxious feelings, reach out, let somebody know. Because if Jesus can look at his friends in the pit of this despair, so can we, we can do that. So I wanna make it clear again that anxiety isn't a sin. I know Pastor uh, Kurt, I almost called him Keith. I get Kurt and Keith mixed up a lot and I have two good friends named Kurt and Keith and I call them each other's names all the time. Um, Pastor Kurt talked about that little orange light 
on your dashboard last week, for me, the little orange light is a, a, a source of anxiety sometimes <laughs> because I'm like, are we talking like my catalytic converter that like nobody actually cares about and nobody really cares, like knows what it does? Or is my engine about to explode? Like what, what, what am I looking at? So it, it honestly makes me a little stressed sometimes, but the little orange light itself is not the problem. It's a signal to the problem. And that's exactly what anxiety is. It's yeah. a signal. It's a signal to go something isn't quite right inside. So what do we do? We do the second thing. We talk to God. That's right. We talk to God. So we can see Jesus doing this in verse 35 in Mark 14. It says, he went on a little farther and he fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And I think my favorite part of this is that Jesus isn't holding back from God. Yeah. He is laying it all out on the table for him and letting him know exactly how it is. It's not like a prepackaged prayer. And I think this is an aside, but I feel like um, sometimes one of the biggest disservices we do our kids is teaching them like, little rhymy prayers. And it's not going to ruin them. My mom, I, I said the Lord's Prayer with my mom every night before bed, before I had an inkling of what it was, and I'm up here teaching the word. So it's not going to ruin them. But like, think about it. There's especially the one, I was laughing with Quinn about it this week, the one that's like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Like, that's really sweet. There's, you know, there's some biblical truth in that. Like Psalm talks about God keeping us safe while we sleep and waking us up and all that stuff. And then it takes a dark turn. And it's like, and if I die before I wake, I I pray the Lord my soul to take, which is insinuating that the kid might die. And if they die, they better make sure that they prayed for God to take their soul because somebody else might come and take it if they don't pray that prayer that night. You know what I'm saying? Like, geez, but this is not, this is not what Jesus was doing. Jesus wasn't like, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. Amen. You know, he wasn't doing that. He was crying out from the depths of his soul to his father in heaven. So when you're feeling anxious, take that as a signal that it's time to talk to God. The Bible in Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If you're worried about your marriage, pray about your marriage. If you're worried about your kids, pray about your kids. If you're worried about getting to the next paycheck, pray for your finances. I have seen God stretch some money, you guys. There is, there is plenty to go around, okay? If you are worried about a job situation, pray about it. If you're worried about a decision, pray about it. God cares. He already knows what's going inside your heart. He wants to hear you because there's power in laying it out there in front of the God of the universe. If it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. Right. And you might've heard it said like, take your burdens and leave them at the feet of Jesus, which is true and that is great. But I wanna give you a different visual today, okay? Because I, I like this one more, that's, that's it. And I have the microphone so I can tell you a different one. So in First Peter, the Bible says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, so how many of you guys in here are fishers? Y'all like, anybody like to fish? Fishermen, Any, fishermen or woman? That's right, okay. So listen, I hadn't been since I was eight probably, but at this retreat I went to in South Carolina, I was so sure that I was going to be a fishing machine that I had Clint buy me a fishing license because I was like, I gotta be licensed before I go catch all these fish that I'm about to catch. So we went out on the boat and South Carolina is weird. Like it was like a river, but it, there's 
tides, it's low country. I don't really understand what it is. It's the ocean, but it's not. So we went out there and the guide took us to this spot and he was like, this is a great spot. We have great luck here. And so, you know, he got everything set up for me and he's like, here's your fishing pole. And first, if the pole is this long, the part that you hold, I was holding it here. Like there was this much pole. Like I was not, I was not doing it right. But Noah told me what to do and it was a struggle because he was left-handed. So he, I, it was all on the left-handed side. So I was trying to figure it out. And he said, I just needed to draw, like, you know, reel it back in and then cast it out. And I was like, well, got it back in. Now what do I do? <laughs> like you did it for me. And so he showed me how to cast it, reeled it back in. I tried casting it myself, reeled it back in. Um, I did get it stuck on a rock. I did hit the rocks and lost some bait and all of that stuff. And I did not catch a fish, but my friend caught a fish and I took a picture with it. Do you have that, is that picture in there? Yeah, okay, so I took a picture with it to trick Clint into thinking that I had caught a fish because he's been to this retreat twice and he hadn't caught a fish and it worked because when I sent him this, he was like, you caught a fish and you didn't tell me? And I was like, oh, dang it, no, I didn't. And now I'm about to tell you that I didn't and I tried to trick you about it. Um, so I did not catch a fish that day, but I was determined to go back and do it the next day. So my friend Carrie and I, one of my very best friends, went out on a boat together and then I've got a video that she caught that shows what happened. Oh no! I got oh. you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep reeling. Yeah. You got this. He's strong. <laughs> He's gonna be so little. I don't, oh my gosh. Tell me this is a real fish and I'm not just like pulling us toward a branch. Okay, Am I pulling us toward a branch, Carrie? Huh? It's, how do I know I'm not pulling this toward a branch? Okay, how do I know it's a fish? He might be on a branch. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I did not, I didn't catch a fish. I caught a branch and I was squealing like so loud. I caught a fish, I caught a fish. I was so excited. I'm sorry, did I just wake up a baby? I apologize. I didn't catch a fish, but I will say by the end of my second time, I was very sunburned, which I'm still peeling from it. It's weird. It's like three, like three weeks later and I'm still peeling. It's weird. I got very sunburned and I learned how to cast. I learned how to cast and I got it to where I could get it almost where I wanted it to go. But learning it was a full body motion. It wasn't um, what I remember it being with like my little Walmart fishing pole when I was in third grade. It was a full, like I had to, to lift this thing and hold the line and hold it here and fling it back without like hooking my friend behind me. And then I had to like let go while letting go of this and not the pole. Like it was a full body thing. It took a lot of energy and it went a very far way. That is what we're supposed to do with our anxieties. We're not supposed to like plop them down to Jesus. We are supposed to fling them as far away as they can get from us. Cast your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you. That's what he wants us to do. So when you're awake at two o'clock and you are just filled with this anxiety, cast them on Jesus. Throw them far away from you. Cry out, he's big enough to handle any hurt inside of you. He already knows what's going on. He already, like he knows when you don't understand. He knows when you don't like the way things are and he can handle that honesty. And you can pray like, God, everything is falling apart. I know that you could do something. Why aren't you doing something? Why hasn't this happened? What are you going to do to get me out of this? I don't understand. Then one of my very favorite things said to Jesus in the gospels, one of my very favorite stories about Jesus 
is in Mark chapter nine, and there's this little boy who is possessed by an evil spirit, and he, his dad starts talking to Jesus. And Jesus asks the boy's father, how long has this been happening? Like, what's going on with your kid? And the dad replies, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. And I love what Jesus says right here. He says, what do you mean if I can? I feel like God has said that to me so many times. What do you mean if? What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the dad doesn't even hesitate because he is desperate for God to work in his son's life and to do something. The father instantly cried out and said, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And I cannot tell you how many times I have prayed this scripture over the last three and a half years of God, I don't see what you're doing. I don't understand how this is gonna work out. I don't see a way through this. This feels impossible, but I want to believe you. I want to believe you. Help me overcome this unbelief. Give me eyes to see you working on my behalf. And God can handle that. So when this anxiety comes up inside of your heart, it's your signal to start talking to God. So we talk to our friends, we talk to God, and lastly, we talk to our feelings. We talk to our feelings. And I know that it's really popular to say like, follow your heart, follow your feelings, let your heart guide you. Listen, if my heart guided me and my feelings guided me, I would be in jail. I would have done something (laughs) ridiculous by now, okay? That's not true, and do you know why? Because your feelings are real, you are real, you really feel these things, your feelings are valid, like things that you feel are valid, but your feelings aren't always true. Your feelings are not always true, they're not. They can lie to you, your heart is deceptive. We are full of sin, our heart's deceptive, our feelings are not always true, and sometimes you have to talk to your feelings and you have to get them in line. So this is what Jesus did. Jesus, in verse 36, he says, Abba, Father, Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. So Jesus is saying, this is what I want. I want you to take this from me. I don't wanna do this anymore. This doesn't sound fun. This doesn't sound good. He knew what he was walking into. He knew that there was gonna be an army to come in and they were gonna take him away. They were gonna go through a sham of a trial convict him of all of these things, and he was going to be hung on a cross for our sins. He knew all of that was coming. He didn't want to do it anymore. But he said, no matter what, I want your will to be done, not mine. Not mine. He took control of his feelings, and he reminded them of the truth of who God is. So that's some, somebody in here today needs to start getting control of their feelings. So when you start feeling like God doesn't love me, that's when you get to go, no, God is love. And he loved the world so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. That, that's, and God promises to never leave me. When you feel alone, you get to go, no, my church family loves me. God has promised to never leave me or forsake me. When you feel like you're never gonna get to the next paycheck, that you're like, We're, it's, not, it's not gonna happen, you get to remind your feelings that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he promised to provide for every one of our needs. If he cares about the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, how much more does he care about me, right? That we get to talk to our feelings and tell our feelings to get in line. Our feelings don't get to tell us where to go. Our feelings don't get to tell us what is true. God tells us what is true. 
So whenever you feel like you can't go on, you get to tell your feelings, no, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the, I wanna make sure people know you have to have this truth inside of you to be able to speak it to yourself. This is where reading your Bible, memorizing scripture, and getting God's word inside your heart is critical because those things have to be inside of your heart to be able to speak to your heart. So what did Jesus do with his anxiety? He talked to his friends, he talked to his spiritual support system, he talked to his father, and he talked to his feelings, and guess what, it worked. It worked because Jesus walked in to the garden in a pit of darkness. He wasn't sure if he could make it. He wasn't sure if he was going to live to, well, I guess he didn't see the, live to see the next day, but he didn't even know if he was gonna make it to that because he felt like his soul was being crushed. He sweat actual blood. He was so stressed and so worked up that his capillaries burst and he sweat blood. That's how stressed, I've, I've been very anxious in my life. I've never been that anxious. It's a different level, but he talked to his friends, he talked to God and he talked to his feelings and he got up and he stood tall and he met Judas. He met Judas, he met the army and he walked out of there. He was resolute, he was determined. He was strong, and that was all through the power of all through the power of God. It wasn't him, because he was man. He was fully man. He did not want to do this. The man of Jesus was not excited about this. But the power of God inside of him led him to do this. He went through the whole night. And you know what? He didn't, he didn't have his life taken from him. He said that nobody can take my life. I will lay down my life. He laid down his life because he had overcome the anxiety that was inside of him. He had overcome the anxiety that was inside of his heart. And if it works for Jesus, it can work for us, right? It can work for us. And I know that it does because listen, I struggle with anxiety. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I spend time with Jesus every day. I have a lot of God's word in my heart and I still struggle with anxiety. I do. So if you do, you're not alone. Your pastor does too. Hello, welcome to church. I'm so happy that you are here. But this works because I've been doing it. I've been talking with Clint. I've been texting friends. I've been asking for prayer when I need it. And I've been very honest with God about what's going on in my life, how I feel, how other people are making me feel, what my feelings are saying. And then I'm speaking truth to my feelings because I know that my feelings don't get to tell me what to do. I tell my feelings what to do. So this works. It works. And if it works for me, and more importantly, it works for Jesus, it can work for you guys. So I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. I wanna give some space. I wanna give some space here for you guys to be quiet and listen to the Holy Spirit. Because Paul says in Philippians 4 to not be anxious about anything. So I wanna sit here for a minute and I want you guys to be uh, putting other words in that anything. What are you anxious about? Don't be anxious about the decisions that your children are making. Don't be anxious about the future. Don't be anxious about your finances. Don't be anxious about your marriage. Don't be anxious about your health. Don't be anxious about that relationship that you're struggling with. 
so we're not going to be anxious about these things. I love the very next verse. Philippians 4, 7 says that when you're not anxious about anything and when you pray about everything and you present your request to God, it says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I grew up that we, that learning the translation that said the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's the kind of peace that Jesus offers us. That's the kind of peace that we can have when we decide to throw, to cast, to fling our anxieties on to Jesus. He can replace it with his peace. And the best part about his peace is that he doesn't give peace like the world gives peace. And that's wonderful for us because if the world doesn't give it, the world can't take it away. The world can't take away the peace that Jesus gives us. So if this is the kind of peace that you are desperately needing right now, and if you've got some anxieties that you need to cast onto God, would you lift your hand so that I can be praying with you? Just lift your hand and I'm gonna pray with you guys. I see all y'all, you can, you can put your hands down. God, you see every hand that was raised and every hand that wasn't. You know what's going on inside of our hearts and inside of our minds. Help us to cast our anxiety on you. Give us a safe place to be vulnerable. Open our eyes to see the people who love us, who are there for us, who will sit with us and then walk out of the darkness with us. Show us the people who you've put in our lives that we can talk to. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit will prompt each of us when we feel this anxiety rising up, that the Holy Spirit will prompt us to start talking to you, to start talking it out, to start seeing where it goes. In even the worst case scenario, God, they're still good. If I follow the bunny trails that get in my head all the way to the end and I die, I get to go to heaven with you. Help us talk to you. Show us that you're working on our behalf and help us talk to our feelings. Point us towards the scriptures that are going to fight the anxieties that Satan tries to bury us in. Help us be great at memorizing them. Even if we're awful at memorizing them, in the name of Jesus, help us be great at it. Help us get it deep into our hearts so that that is what our feelings hear. Our feelings don't hear this echo chamber of all of the bad things that could happen, but our feelings hear truth about who you are and what you can do and your power because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world and I am more than a conqueror. God, I pray that if these, these three things just take the edge off of somebody's anxiety, but it goes deeper than this, I pray that you give them the courage it takes to seek out help if they need help. I pray that you provide resources. I pray that you provide connections. I pray that you provide everything they need to get the help that they, that they need. Um, thank you 
for medication. Thank you for doctors. Thank you for people who can help us when there is physically something, chemically something going on in our brain where wires aren't crossing or they're overly crossed or whatever it is. God, thank you that you have given people discernment and wisdom to be able to look into those situations and to do something about it. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the power through you to be able to overcome anxiety. And there might be people in this room that have never felt this peace of Christ that I'm talking about because you've never had a relationship with Jesus. It's impossible to have the peace of somebody um, if they're not in your hearts already. And so if that's you and you wanna start a relationship with Jesus today, it's as simple and profound as a prayer. And this prayer, it's not any special magic words. It doesn't do anything crazy. It's just um, a way to get what's going on in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit out to God. And this isn't going to fix you like that. It's not going to change your circumstances. But whenever you have a relationship with Jesus, you get to start casting those anxieties on him and you can have the peace of God that is bigger and better than anything we could ever understand. And so if that's you and you want to accept Jesus today to be your Lord and Savior, you can pray this prayer with me. You can just pray, God, thank you for dying on the cross. Jesus, you didn't have to do that. You could have walked away. Thousands of angels could have come and saved you, but you died on the cross for me, for all of my sins. I recognize that, I repent of my sins and I turn toward you. And in the best way I know how, I'm going to live my life for you. I pray that the peace of God will come into my heart and guard my heart and my mind. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.